No one rocks an acceptance speech like Chris Pratt. And did he just tell us how to poop? Han Solo is a box office bust, but where does that leave future Star Wars spin-offs? And if you're down for changing the world, help out Kevin Smith and the Wayne Foundation. All of this and so much more on the Geek Underground. Reviewing primary directive. Get plugged in. Are a sad, strange little man. Throw the freaking hump, imposter! What's up? Even listen to yourself when you talk. I drift in and out. Hey, cuckoo birds, do you mind? This is important. If you'll all excuse me, I have a man to beat in pool while wearing shorts. Mask Quest, do you hate this? Do you hate doing this? Do you? Are you like a crazy person? Why can't you see that for the compliment that it is? Wow, this is garbage. And welcome back to the podcast. This is Dadpool on episode 14 of the Geek Underground. And I am the Trash Panda. Yes, we are here with you uh, <laughs> youth workers over in the UK having a great time. We uh, work in clubs and all kinds of things around the area, but we love, we love nerdy stuff. We love geeky stuff. We love Comic-Cons. We love we Marvel. We do love DC, love even all. though we have issues with them. Oh, wait, no. Hold no. on. We, we, even we, though we have issues we, with them. you, not me. Yeah, you've got your love. You love Wonder. You've got a Wonder Woman anniversary card sitting in that room right now. I didn't buy it. But you love it because it's from me. No, I love you. I don't love the card. <sighs> You've had love for DC. Anyways, we love we love all the <laughs> all the nerdy stuff. We we are nerds at heart. We are nerds um, on the outside as well, not just at heart. Our house, if you could see all of it here, is an explosion of nerdiness, mm-hmm. um, and we love to share that with you. Now, I'm going to start with a, with a story that is not necessarily nerdy per se. It is just so random and out there that it needs to be talked about. Now, one thing that that most people in the world know, even if they're not paying attention to it, is that right now there's a sporting event called the World Cup, especially in this country boo. where completely – you don't need a boo. We, we know how you feel about it. But we, we know that this country is completely preoccupied with it right now. England, uh, when England was playing today, probably 75% of TVs are tuned into the England game. But that's not what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is a Burger King promotion in Russia from the Russian arm of Burger King surrounding this World Cup. Did you hear about this? Did you see this? No. And so here is essentially the promotion. Now, mind you, Burger King's Russia division has a history of horrific publicity baiting stunts. Some terrible things they've done in the past. And what this promotion boils down to... When you look at what they posted online, the actual promotion, and translate it and summarize it, it's simply get impregnated by a World Cup star and win free Whoppers and 3 million rubles. Are you kidding me? Yes, 3 million rubles is about $47,000, about 35,000 pounds. But but no. What? How, as a woman, do you feel about this? As a worker of youth, how does this make you feel? No. I know. No. I see this. <laughs> it is not okay. I, I, you may not do these things. You may not 
cause women Isn't to that go terrible, and have though? these things done. No, my thing, my, my question is, how do you prove this? I mean, do you just walk in knocked up and say, hey, you know, nine months ago when the team was here, I got pregnant? I mean, how could you? I mean, it's not like the player is going to come and say, hey, yeah, I slept around while I was there. That's not going to happen. Like, how, how are you going to even prove this? This is just wrong on so many different levels. So many levels. This is just one of those stories that makes you scratch your head and and wonder at the direction our society is headed. Just sigh. Now, on to the lighter side of news from this week. Your boy, Chris Pratt, was in the news. Yeah. He made headlines. I mean, amazing stuff. I'll, I'll let you tell the story because he is your man. And yeah. uh, you, you can go. I, I like Chris Pratt. I mean, I've liked him since Park and Rec when he was a bit squidgy and, you know, ran around naked a I lot. still need to see Parks and, and Rec uh, because that's a, that's a sitcom I have not watched yet. And it is really funny. Do you know, originally when people like uh, Stephen and Brittany Marable were going on about it, I couldn't stand it. I was just like, no, 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 it's not funny. It's not funny at all. I don't want anything to do with it. And now... Oh my gosh, that show really does make me laugh an awful lot. And I love Aubrey Plaza. I love her in Legion. I love her in uh, with uh, Chris Pratt. Oh, that's in right. Park she was Rec. in Parks and Rec. I she forgot was. about that. And she plays the same character as she plays in that. A and very she plays interesting. exactly the same character in uh, Scott Pilgrim as well. <laughs> yeah, but she gets bleeped in Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, she doesn't. They don't bleep her out. In it. Actually, no, they do bleep her out. In and Parks I, I and really Rec. hope she doesn't play that same character from Legion as she does in Parks and Rec because she kind of does a bit. Yeah, but in season two, her Legion character is weird, like beyond yeah. weird. Anyway, Chris Pratt. Yes. So I've liked Chris You've Pratt for a little while. You've got a man crush. No, I don't. You don't. No. What would you call it? A respect thing. <laughs> Like, I you like think Chris he's Pratt. adorable? I think he's adorable. I don't. I don't like think. Oh, Chris Pratt. Yeah. No, that that doesn't cross my mind. I'm afraid. Well, he gets my motor turning. All right, you can go on though. Uh, Keep going. You're the only one who gets my motor turning, mate. Yay. Keep going. Come on. But anyway, so Chris Pratt this week uh, was well, last week. He got uh, the Generation Award from MTV, and he did an amazing speech, um, acceptance speech there. And instead of it being all like, you know, I want affect my parents and my producers and my and my little six pound two ounce little baby and all this sort of nonsense <laughs> he gives you five brilliant points i thought it was more than five points i think it's only five is that all five in- okay. things to live i think it's only five it might be more and i might be wrong but um he he tells us how to poop at parties Yes, if if you are worried about pooping in parties, and I haven't, I don't go to parties much anymore. But if I do, I will know how to discreetly go and poop. Yeah, it's a nine point speech, by the way. Uh, to discreetly go oh, and poop a nine point at a party. That's yeah, a nine yeah. point speech, but just just amazing, truly an amazing, amazing speech that he gave. Yeah, but then the other thing is he's completely straight, completely keeps his integrity, and basically one of his points is you have a soul, take care of it. Yeah, and then goes on to say. That he believes in God and that he believes that, that God has a plan too, yeah. for you and that you should believe in him as well. And he completely is co- so blunt about himself being a Christian and that he believes in God and that he is going to, you know, he's telling you that you should look after yourself and you should know that there is a God that cares for you. And it was so cool in the fact that he did not 
take one second. You know, he, he just played it completely and utterly straight. And I love that. The fact he had integrity and wasn't afraid to yeah, say yeah. some of these things. Because most people, you know, they say, oh, you know, th- I want to thank God for my... No, I know, but oh. he, he really he really just didn't get preachy about it. No, and didn't. that's what I don't like. It wasn't anything that turns you off. He didn't even have to, to, to say, you know, my Lord and Savior Jesus or anything like that. He's like, hey, look, this is how it is. And really what I liked is what it all boiled down to is that you have a purpose. And then even Care is... is uh, Care is here. We're live streaming tonight on the internet as well, uh, and Care is here, one of our listeners, and he's like, yeah, I love Andy from Parks and Rec, but um, yeah, just didn't get preachy and just laid it out. Like, hey, this is how it is. This is what I believe. And we got to the point of you guys have a purpose, and, and that's what everything boiled down to was that um, he, he wanted them to know that. And I think yeah. that, that that's, that's huge for this generation coming up is so many of them feel lost in, in, in life. And it's just to know that, hey, that there's a purpose for you in this life. And that's what he was trying to convey yeah. to them. And it means so much more than that, but that's what it all boiled down to. But just a, a great, great speech. And it really was met well and received well. I'm looking at a, a headline on IndieWire right now. It says, Chris Pratt gets existential about God and poop at MTV. Um, there's some really funny headlines, though, about what he did. But it, it's all been received well. Everything There's not one conservative or liberal site that has had anything negative to say about what he did. And I think no. that's great. Maybe so go Chris Pratt. Would have, you know, negatives about him. Not, for... no, nothing. Every single review that I've seen. No, because uh, you were has telling been... me that he got into trouble for running around Parks and Rec naked. Oh well, that that was different. That was uh, wait, was it CBS <laughs> or NBC that he was Parks NBC. and Rec? NBC. NBC. Well, he got a letter from NBC because. Now, there was a scene in one of the shows. I never watched Multiple Parks and Rec. Scenes. Well, okay, there was one in particular where he's supposed to open the door. He's he's supposed to pretend to be naked. As far as the show goes, you're watching it, he's naked. But, of course, men, they wear these coverings down below, so they're fully covered. And apparently he opens the door. Amy Pollard is on the other side of the door. And she's supposed to be mock surprise. Oh, Chris, you're naked. Oh, my goodness, I can't see that. And he truly is naked. And so he's recounting this story now, I think, on James Corden or, or a late night show. And he says that she does the the the, the mock, you know, feigned surprise of, oh, you're naked. And then notices that he really is truly naked. And she's like, oh, Chris, oh, you're naked. And, and, and has this, this horrible, like, freak out scene that they keep. Mm. They, they keep it. And it's actually in the episode, if you can find it. Um, of this double take of her realizing that, hey, there's his junk, which should be covered, but it's not. It's right there. And so he receives this letter, which is essentially a cease and desist from being naked on set letter uh, from NBC. So the NBC executives hand down this letter to Chris Pratt, and they say, you know, in the first couple lines, first off, please do not show this to anyone else. This is for your eyes only. We'd appreciate it if you do not, if, if you do not, uh, and Livy just actually pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> Livy just pulled up the, the, the scene and showed me. Um, but if you would not do this, uh, so yeah, don't don't show anyone this letter and stop doing this. And then he takes the letter onto this this night show and he goes, "Hey, look, here's the letter I got from NBC. It's it's uh, really funny." And he's kind of making light of this. I don't know if I could do that if I get in trouble on a job and I get sent a letter from my boss, my executive boss, saying, "Don't do this anymore." I'm not going to go on a talk show and just flail that yeah, around but it's going, Chris Pratt. I know I mean, it's Chris Pratt. You can try telling him off, but he's just too cheeky and lovable. He is. Yes. Chris Pratt is wonderful. Not as good as Ryan Reynolds. I've still got to go back to my boy, Ryan Reynolds. You know what? I'd take Chris Pratt at mm. my dinner party any day over Ryan Reynolds. I'll take them both because I've got room for 12 at my dinner party, so my dinner party will have both Chris Pratt and Ryan Reynolds. I'm not having Ryan Reynolds at my party. And J-Law. He's got a potty mouth. 
you know what? But he was in the proposal, and he didn't have a potty mouth, okay? He was clean all the way through, and he was still funny. Yeah. He doesn't have to swear. I'll be like Chris Pratt. But he Pratt. still does! So then I'll have Chris, uh, other Chris. Why can't I think of all the Chris's that we have? Hemsworth? Uh, no, the other Chris. Chris Evans. Sorry. There's too many Chris's in the Marvel world, um, or just in general. And then Chris, Chris Pine we talk about on Star Trek. Actually, so, there's two Chris Evans. And there are even two Chris Evans because there's the Chris Evans in this country that's a radio show guy. No, but Chris, we'll have Chris Evans in my dinner party that will be Captain America and be like language and he'll put Deadpool in his place because that's what Captain America does. So my dinner party will be fine. I'll have my patrollers of the potty mouths and there won't be an obscene amount of swearing. Okay. I'm leaving Samuel L. Jackson at home. Don't worry. He's not coming. <laughs> he, he won't be there. They, they won't bounce off each other. I mean, it's. Uh, but, uh, I'm, I'm still like super Samuel excited. Samuel L. Jackson's go that. To sleep. Yes. The, the, <laughs> the children's book. Has anyone heard that children's book? I, I'm going to tell you something terrible. Uh, go look up Samuel L. Jackson children's bedtime book, and you will find a book that's entitled, I think it was actually a real book. And then he, It is he, a real book. And he reads it on, you, you can find it on YouTube. It's called Go the F to Sleep. And it doesn't just say F, he says the whole word. And it's this adorable little story about, oh, you want some milk? Now just go the F to sleep, you know? And and he gets a little more <laughs> intense about it because now you're out of bed for the seventh time and you want to go to the bathroom? Just go the F to sleep! And it's Samuel L. Jackson and who, who as uh, Ryan Reynolds put it, single-handedly has ruined that phrase. No, he, um, he ruined the M-F Oh, yes, phrase. sorry. Uh, but but still, pretty much swearing and Samuel L. Jackson are synonymous nowadays with yeah. how much that guy just drops F-bombs in movies. So it's really just kind of funny hearing— Except in the Marvel Universe. Well, yeah, you can't have Nick Fury dropping F-bombs. Although Professor X swore. That was really jarring. Yeah. In Logan, when Professor X dropped the F-bomb, I'm like, what? No, no, Professor X doesn't swear! And it really caught me off guard. But you did have uh, Wolverine said the F word in one of the X-Men movies. Yeah, that's Wolverine. You'd expect that. That was when uh, James McAvoy came up to him with uh, and, Michael Fassbender. Yeah. And they just walk up. And the moment they walk up, he's like, get the out of here or something <laughs> like that. No, he's just F off. F off. Okay. He's just chewing a cigar in a bar, like, I think, okay. is where they found him. All <laughs> right. And they just turn around and walk out. <laughs> You got to love some Hugh Jackman. Though. That guy is just, he's like the synonymous with Marvel guy. He brought the, I mean, the first Wolverine and X-Men one, and he's still kicking with it. It's great. It is brilliant. I really hope, though, he has talked a lot about he would do, because uh, he said he's pretty much done with Logan and Wolverine unless he could do one with Deadpool. And that would be amazing because there are some great crossovers in the comics with with, with Wolverine always just hounding hounding Wade Wade Wade, Wade Wilson. I would oh, and now with the purchase and now the fact that all of these universes could be together. That makes just, me so happy. Yeah, you don't count your chickens before they're. I know, but I'm just saying this could be so amazing. It could be, and it might not be. There okay. we go. Are we going to get onto some news? We've been talking about news. This has been nothing but news. No, this has been our little, like, you know, last Ramblings week you had about Kevin news. Smith, whoop, whoop, and I'm having my little Chris Pratt, whoop, whoop. Yeah, I, I still actually want to go back and spotlight that charity a little bit more because there's some really cool stuff they're doing. And you got a like from them. I did get a like from them. From the Wayne Foundation. From the Wayne Foundation <laughs> liked our podcast. Uh, well, again, we, we, you know, talking about that, I'm not going to do it now, but they, they they focus on the sex trafficking of children, mm. not actually doing it, the preventing of it, um, and, and helping people out of it, which is yes, really, really cool. fund these people who are no, going to sex traffic these people. your children. No, it's uh, not really like that. But, but no, so they're doing some awesome work, and we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later. 
later. But yes, th- there's a lot of news, a lot of really cool movie news. Can I go first? Can I go first? Please. Make, 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 I don't get it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to answer this one question so here real quick. Excited. Do you, do you think that Jackman would come back on for the Old Man Logan movie if it were to happen? Well, well I mean, Logan was essentially the Old Man Logan movie. I think that that's... That's where it derived from, and that's where they really got their source material. I, I really only see the only way Hugh Jackman comes back for Wolverine would be to do a Deadpool movie. And I think that's kind of what he said, what he's hinted at. And I think Ryan Reynolds has tried to make this happen, too. And so you might actually see in a Deadpool 3E-type movie, you could see it Wolverine. It Wolverine. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> But yes, go back to your Meg, your giant shark that is just ridiculous. Yes, new trailer. There's a third trailer. And and this is back to my point of when movies do nothing but advertise, advertise, trailer, 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 promos, and oversaturate the market with it, you know there's something wrong with it. They're having to try to force you to go. It's a movie about it. What could be better than a shark, Rain Wilson, and Jason Statham. Oh, so many things. I'm so winning the So bet. many things could be better than that. the shark in the nose and give it two black Again, eyes. Again, this is where you're going to lose the bet. Okay, so we no, have a running bet going. It's going to be like tank going. We have a bet going. Yeah. Where I think that Jason Statham will ride the shark like a sandworm in Dune, and that's really dating myself to know what a sandworm in Dune is. But just think of a very large worm the size of... Large. I'll think of like Men in Black, where Will Smith rides that big old worm thingy. Okay, Men in Black Two. Jeff. Is that what that was, or was it the first one? That was the second two, one. Okay, it's Jeff. It's Jeff. Okay, so that's what I think Jason Statham's gonna do. He's gonna ride this shark, and Livy thinks that she's simply gonna. He's gonna punch him in the nose. Yeah, like Tanko, you know, I'm gonna hit you so hard, your children will come out bruised. <laughs> Does he lead with that line? Yeah. Does he lead with the line? Oh no, my god. No, he doesn't. He has that really, really, really good. Like, amazing, like, line that's like, you know, I'm going to get you, whatever. And it, yeah, but it looks amazing. Okay, and I'm going to respond to this uh, user comment. It says, well, technically, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine was in a Deadpool movie. And I'm not, I'm not counting Wolverine Origins because that was not Deadpool. If that's what you're referring to, the Ryan Reynolds character. it wasn't character, a Deadpool movie. And that was, yeah, it wasn't a Deadpool movie. It was a character that they called Deadpool but was not Deadpool. They didn't Deadpool. call him Deadpool. They called him Weapon X. Yeah, but they he was They never dead- called him Deadpool. Oh, you think it was Wade Wilson, though? Yeah, he was Wade. but they never called him Deadpool. Okay. So we don't have to go there. Okay. So I think then technically the care. We're talking uh, about the Meg. It's I, more important. No, it's the Meg. Why would that be more important? How could that in any universe be more important? It's a massive shark. It is a massive shark. Which is going to be shark. a massive failure. No, it's not. You're going for your birthday treat. This is your birthday treat. We are going to How watch is this a treat? Meg. How is this? No. Infinity Wars comes out digital download like on my birthday. That is my birthday treat. I am watching Infinity War again. No, that is what I'm going to do. Meg. No. We're going to go and watch Big Sharkies and we're going to sit in the DX, the 4DX seats. I'm not going to sit in those seats that shake you. No, I just want the recliner. Give me the seat that reclines with like the little bar in the movie theater. I could just have something to drink. Give me like a Mai Tai or something while I can just sit back. And enjoy a movie. I'm not sitting in those rumble seats. Boring.
thing. You don't even want to sit in those seats. Like our kids are scared to sit in those seats. We've talked to other kids that have sat in those seats that regretted sitting in those seats. And they're little. They should enjoy stuff like that. So we're not sitting in the, like the Rumble 40 seats to watch the Meg. Oh, I want to see the Meg. Meg looks good. Anyway, oh, new oh. trailer. It looks amazing. I'm going to win the bet. You're not going to win the bet. Terminator 6. Okay, now I'm being told that, uh, that Wolverine was in a scene in Deadpool 2. We have not seen Deadpool 2 yet. No, so thanks haven't. for spoiling it, Care. Okay? Our listeners just want to spoil stuff. Okay. I'm not okay uh, with the that. Meg, uh, we're not talking about the Meg anymore. We're talking about Terminator. I already said that. Terminator. Why is there a sixth one? Because, well, this is not going to be a sixth one. This one's just going to be called Terminator. Okay. Linda Hamilton is back. Yeah, that, that's exciting to me. Linda Hamilton, uh, Tim Miller to direct it, who has been the director of Deadpool, looks really good. I mean, if you've enjoyed just the, the, the way the Deadpool movies have felt, whether, again, they're, they're, they're horrible, crass movies. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm just saying I think, I think Tim Miller can really do a fun thing with this franchise. I don't think it's going to be fun. Why not? You have James Cameron producing it. James Cameron is back. Yeah. He how, is how is that not producing good? It because the Terminator movies weren't fun until after he left. Terminator 2 is one of the best movies of all time. You cannot say they weren't fun until he left. That is just widely renowned as just a phenomenal movie, start to finish, everything about hey, that. No, 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 no. I didn't say it wasn't a good movie, and it is a very, very, very good movie. Okay, but as far as fun— I wouldn't fun, say it's one of the best movies of all time by a, any stretch. It's in the list. I don't care. Of best movies of all time. So is Life Aquatic with Steve Zizou. That movie sucks. Well, yeah, a lot of the ones that the Academy says are amazing. There are you go. Really good. All I'm saying is James Cameron does not make fun movies. Oh, come on. Avatar Tim was Miller. fun. Oh, my gosh. Okay, go ahead. Look, this is why you didn't study media studies. You did not do that. No, I just sit down and go, oh, that's so you much fun. Just, Look at blue people oh running around. <laughs> okay, so Tim Miller, James Cameron, why do you think this is not going to be good? No, I'm not saying it's not going to be good. I'm just saying you've got Tim Miller who basically makes fun out of everything and is always doing nonsense. And then you've got James Cameron who's coming back in as a Zek producer and says everything after T2 was like a bad dream or an alternative reality. Yeah, so, so he's basically saying screw Salvation, screw Genesis, which were both brilliant movies. Fair enough, you can screw T three. Okay, okay, don't don't don't, like don't say they're that was brilliant. They, they, they were good. I, I enjoyed both of those. I, I really did enjoy Christian Bale in Salvation. I enjoyed uh, Genesis. You had some. It, it was fun. They, they were good movies. To to say they were brilliant movies, I think, is a, a stretch. I'm, in terms of my enjoyment levels, they were brilliant movies. Okay. But I, I don't mind him saying that because it'll it will be really fun. It'll be really really fun to see. From what I've heard, they may be starting directly after T2, and they have an actor now. Uh, they originally there was a rumor that Edward Furlong, who was the uh, John Connor, yeah, that, that he was going to be coming back. Well, again, he'd fit the age now if, if they followed him twenty five years later. But they have a young uh, British actor, Jude Colley. I think he's about twelve or thirteen. He doesn't look much older than that. And he's going to be taking on the role of John Connor. But then it begs the question, how are they going to do the timeline? Because you have Linda Hamilton, who's 25 years older now. How are they going to yeah, but Linda really Hamilton bring that together? Really good. Yeah. 
Now, I mean, she's cut all her hair off, but she looks so good. Now, Terminator has always been about the the weird time travel stuff, and so one of the things that I'm thinking they may do is if they're if they're starting right after the end of Terminator Two in the in the '90s, you could take John Connor. He could get caught in some kind of weird time vortex bubble, sent to the future, and then Linda Hamilton's character. He has to kind of take the slow route and eventually catch up to wherever he pops out in time, and and that's where they meet and go. Otherwise, I really don't know no, how you're, you're going to... No, no, no. You've got that backwards because Linda Hamilton would have to take the slow that's route. That's what I said. She goes the slow no, route and catches up to him. No, you said he would take the slow route. No, I said he pops out in the future. Yeah, but you said he takes the slow route. Okay. Would it be she would take the slow route? Yes. She's got short hair. It's fine. Um, but yeah, so, so he would pop out in the future. She takes the slow or route. Or they do what they did to Arnie and just CG her. I can't see an entire movie of CGing Linda Hamilton. They may they may CG her at the very beginning of the movie if they are going to start right at the end of Terminator 2 to make her look young again. And then in the future, which is present day, they, they but might... But she didn't even look that young in T2. Yeah, I mean, she was, she was in her 40s though then, right? She was about 40 in T2 know. or late 30s. No clue. Yeah, I don't really know her age. I don't. I don't know how old she is. I would guess she's she's got to be approaching sixty though. She's in her at least mid to late fifties, is where I put Linda Hamilton. But but it's a really fun cast. They're bringing a lot of the uh, again. Arnold is back as an aging T eight hundred. So I liked him as Pops. Yeah, apparently he's not going to be as cuddly as Pops. He's going to be a, 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 a little Amelia Clark and Pops. Yeah, he's going to be a, a little rougher around the edges, but it, it it's. Uh, I've had fun with the franchise. I, I don't think they're going to do it wrong necessarily. And I think Tim Miller can bring some, you know, nice enjoyment levels to Terminator and James Cameron will keep it. Whatever. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun movie. Now, the one that the one that I don't think should be redone and rebrought out is now Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Apparently, they're going to reboot the line again. So we had our 80s and 90s good. Turtles. Get rid of Megan Fox. No, no, that is good because... Uh, Who I... has as much charisma as a piece of tofu. <laughs> I, now, I never saw the new ones. They, they just did not look good to me. For, from what I remember as a kid and watching the shows, the new, the new cartoon, though, I have enjoyed the new cartoon. But The first one was terrible. I put 10 minutes of the second one on. And it was so bad, I switched off. Now, knowing this, I watched those sci-fi channel horror, you know, B-movies, like, you know, Mega Shark versus Giant Octopus. And I can watch those. I couldn't watch the second I, one. I know. There's just something, something about the way those movies looked. I just I had zero interest to go watch those. I mean, there, there's not really a lot that's being talked about about this movie right now. Um, a script is being developed. Now, it's, it's not 100% confirmed, but it's pretty much a, a sure thing on that this is going to happen. The one thing that, again, is a, a really scary thing for me is that Michael Bay is set to be producer. Oh, and, and I don't know what it is because he, he's done movies that I've loved. The Rock was amazing. It's one of my all-time favorites. But I, th- I think just with the Transformers franchise in the last few years, it's really killed it because it's just been this cacophony of CG and explosions and no narrative, no story really to these movies. And then, of course, Megan Fox trying to act in them, which doesn't do them any favors. So I, I don't know. I, I just he, – he, he's, he's been around a long time. He, he's done some amazing stuff. But any time now I hear his name on something, it just scares me. And the fact that he's attached to this, even as just a producer – 
uh, it's it's uh, it's making me nervous because mm. you're taking this thing that I loved as a child. It was one of my favorite video games as a kid. I'd go in the arcade. It was the double screen for those that remember 80s and 90s arcades. You had the the single box where you had a single screen, you know, one or two joysticks, and then you had the like the extra large cabinet that had two or three screens. You had four joysticks. Four people could play at the same time. If you remember, raise your hand and shout about it because that that was a lot of fun back in the back in the 90s to play on those things. And uh, we had the the cartoons back in the day, and the and the movies back back then with Ernie Reyes Jr. as a little Karate Kid, and it's it's I don't know it's uh, just sorry see, the cats see, seeing this this franchise that's beloved to me at least when I was a child getting mutilated with these two new reboots and now another reboot it's just it's scary yeah now, I now, I don't think yeah they just need to leave that one alone now you got to tell me about your Star Wars blues. Yeah, um, so kind of eh, and then a kind of <laughs> version. Okay. So <laughs> the spin-off movies last week, like the Boba Fett and the Obi-Wan movies, was reported that they were going to be completely just kind of put on hold indefinitely because of um, Han, doing, Han Solo doing so poorly. But now Lucasfilm's come out and said, no, no, no. No, that's not happening. Yeah, because none of those re- reports were directly out of Lucasfilm. There no. was a, a media a media outlet called Collider Online that had reported this, and then everybody ran with it without actually ever verifying with Lucasfilm whether this was the case or not. And and now Lucasfilm has finally a responded. A news agency did that? I know. Oh, my Who gosh. would do that? They never do that. I know. So, so, so now Lucasfilm has finally confirmed, no, 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 these aren't on hold. Uh, they're actually going to pr- proceed at whatever pace they were going before, and even you and McGregor, which just again, this this is the more rumored of the the spinoffs, which it doesn't really, I think, even have a release date or anything about it. But the Obi Wan spinoff, again, I want to see you you and McGregor reprise this role. I think that I want to see McGregor come back as Obi Wan. He'll be close to the right age, not not quite, but you can always add some some makeup on him to get him where he needs to be. But it, it, it's it's perfect. He played that role amazing, and I would love to see him as Obi Wan again. But now, now, really though, I hate the fact that the media is calling Star Wars a flop. Yeah, because you look at IMDb, it's getting rated well, not great, but well. Rotten Tomatoes, it's getting rated well, and it just seems as though the media, though the media, is taking this and, and it's just writing it off simply because of these box office numbers that I don't really think are all its fault. And it's re- it's really been hard because this movie was just set up for failure from the beginning. You sandwich them, well, not even sandwich. The it comes right after Deadpool two and Infinity Wars, so you're up against these these two mammoth movies. And how many people go see three movies in a month? Well, I would if I had the money. Yeah, if I had the money, I would. If I had the time, I would. If I had babysitters, I would. But we don't always have. We don't always have that. Uh, oh, hey, you got someone else online excited about you and McGregor sending us messages. Yeah, you don't always have that. And uh, and then you had all the what happened with Lord and Miller leaving as directors or getting fired. Ron Howard coming in, reshooting eighty percent of the movie, and it seemed as though all of the news leading up to Han Solo being released was just negative. Yeah, but at the end of the day, I don't care what anybody else says. I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. And if they can do the other movies, Obi-Wan, you know, I'm not a big fan of Boba Fett, I must admit, and I'm not particularly worried about hearing his story. No. I think we heard I think enough it'll be, of it. I think it'll be good, though. It'll but still be I good. I think I heard enough of it in, like, episode two and, 
you know, then he gets eaten by the sarlacc, you know, the, in the sarlacc pit, and then he's indigestible, so then he gets spat back out. Oh, yeah. Have you heard about well, where well, in the well. timeline they're going to do his story? Is no. it going to be after Return of the Jedi, or is it then kind of the here's where Boba Fett came from after Jango died? I basically becoming a bounty hunter is where they're going to put it. Okay. So I think it will be after... Well, after Django died, after he takes on the, you know, the Mandalorian armor himself and basically him training on Mandalore, I would hope, but we'll see. So the other fun bit about Star Wars that I'm really quite excited about was a tweet that went out. Um, I'm just going to read it because it's just so funny to me. Our team of producers is offering to cover the budget for a remake of The Last Jedi in order to save Star Wars. Share this and spread the word to let... Disney and Robert Ligon know you want this. This isn't a joke. We're ready to have the conversation now. Yeah, isn't there a webpage that's devoted to remaking yes. The Last Jedi? Okay, I, you know, I, I wasn't a huge fan of The Last Jedi. I thought there was a lot of flaws in kind of writing direction where they went with it. I, I just can't see the getting behind why you'd have to remake it, though. It, it added some fun canon to the whole franchise. It, it's it's there. You can't redo that. But now they have something like $68 million from people that are committed to remaking this movie. What What is that? I don't know. I don't, I don't... I'll be honest. You know what? I thought that the script really needed to be rewritten in episode two and everything. But at the end of the day... That's their vision. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it still can't be the original vision of what Lucas had in mind. And he was the one who really came up with the first idea for the first Star Wars movie that we all loved. And now we're comparing it to, you know, oh, it's not as good as A New Hope. Oh, it's not as good as this. Oh, it's not as good as that. End of the day, it's his stories. He's telling us his stories. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Simple as that. Yeah. Did you see actually that, that uh, George Lucas came out and has released little bits about what he would have done with seven, eight, and nine? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I mean, th- they've definitely steered away from that, uh, from where yeah, Lucas yeah. would have gone. But, but it's still, I know he still actually does have some input. He still talks with the directors and the mm-hmm. producers. They they want him there, and so yeah, these stories, it, it, it's a conglomeration of all of their 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 visions for where this is going, and, yeah. and it's it's been a part of though. Uh, you know what, what Lucas has had, even though this is probably a little bit different. This is still part of where he's been going with it for for thirty years. I mean, th- this is this is our Star Wars world now. Yeah. And and I don't want that. Even if I'm not a huge fan of it, like you said, it's still this is the world we have, and this is the world we can still either love or just choose to walk away from. But it's 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 there, and it's. Um, I mean, I know most people have walked out of watching Infinity Wars and going, "Why on earth did you kill?" A- <laughs> yes, I just said it. Okay. Why did you kill? No. People still, ha- still ha- okay. You know, what? So- we're far enough away no, that if they not. haven't seen it by now, tough luck. We you haven't gonna. We see it, haven't seen see Deadpool it. yet, so I don't we, care. It, it, it's it's still like that. I'm gonna bleep that out, so don't say any more, please, because that doesn't need to be in the podcast. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, um, it does. We are I'm spoiler a point free. Here. Okay, make your point though. So, people are cross about that, but at the end of the day, we know that that is not the end. of <laughs> We know that. Yeah. But my point is, is that, you know what, you might not like what happens in a movie, but that's kind of the point. I mean, nobody liked the fact that Luke Skywalker had his hand cut off and that Darth Vader was his father. I mean, that was shocking, absolutely shocking. But at the end of the day, we, I mean, yeah, I didn't like the fact that we didn't find out who Ray's parents are. And I do not believe that they were just random people from nowhere. I didn't like the fact that Luke Skywalker died. I don't. Sorry, I didn't. How Not do you know he thing. died? 
Maybe he just teleported somewhere else. He died. Okay. He became one with the Force. So he's not dead then. No, he's in the Force. Yeah, he's in the Force. So he's not dead. Yeah, but he can't do anything now. Anyhow, Yoda did stuff. I'm Yoda cast saying, down a lightning bolt from I'm the Force. As far as I'm concerned, I think it's hilarious that these people are doing it, but really and truly, just stop. Yeah. Just stop. We, Deal with we're, it. We're not going to remake The Last Jedi. No, That'll never not. happen. Just And again, crying about it afterwards is going to do, do nothing. Right. Can I talk about something I'm really excited about? Is this still movie news or is this yeah, just this more your... News. Okay, we're still in movie news. Yeah. Last, my last movie news. Uh, so what does the names Robert Zemeckis, Guillermo del Toro, and Alfonso Cuaron got in common? They're directors. They are all directors. And they're men. They are all men. And they've made movies. They have. And they've been all over the world. Yes. And... No, I'm just... Stop there. Okay. Anyway, so Guillermo del Toro's got his fingers in a lot of pies at the moment. Lots and lots of pies. And he has had his finger in one specific pie for quite a while. Okay. And he's been salivating over this platter of this meal of a movie that he's been waiting to get. Now, because his finger's in so many pies, unfortunately, he has not been given the lead role as director. And this is Gamble Del Toro? Yep. Okay, so, so who is he to those that don't know who what he's done? Uh, he's done Pan's Labyrinth. He did the original Hellboy movies. He did Pacific Rim. I mean, oh, quite no, no. well he's, known. He's, he's well known as, as one of the creature effects guys for making these yeah. amazing creatures come to life in movies uh, as a director and, and really getting now, in, into the Curran pulling you in. was the guy who did the the one with Sandra Bullock and um, George Clooney where they basically screamed in space for like Gravity? two and a half hours. Yeah. Okay. He's more known for doing those sort of movies. And of course, Robert Zemeckis. Back to the Future. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, everybody knows who Robert Zemeckis well, is. Well, everybody doesn't so know anyway, directors like you do. Robert but Zemeckis has been given this platter of yumminess, and Guillermo del Toro and Alfonso Cuaron have been given powers to help. And I mean, that's a powerhouse of a trio wow. of directors. Okay, so what are they doing, though? You haven't gotten to the okay, point of yes. what are okay. they doing? So, it's a famous, a very famous children's author's book. Dr. Seuss. It's a f- cat in the hat again. Or no, no. Fox and, they're doing Fox and Socks. Who no. does not want to see a movie about a fox? Where Because then you can do, what does the fox say? Well, here's what the fox says. When Tweedle Beetle's battle and the bottles with the paddle and the bottles on the poodle and the poodle's eating noodles, it's called a Tweedle Beetle Puddle Battle Paddle Puddle Fuddle Muddle. No. No? You sure? I'm absolutely sure. I want my Tweedle Beetle battle because on my really Fox and Socks. Because we really don't have Dr. Seuss very much over here. Okay. Why, why no. is there no... So you, guys, so you really didn't have, like, Fox and Socks or Cat in the Hat no. in this country? Kids didn't have that on their shelves growing no. up? What? I didn't know about Theodore the Cat in the Hat Geisel? or Dr. Seuss until I moved to America. Until you saw that horrible Mike Myers movie? I or, love that movie. Did you? <laughs> we own that movie. Or The Grinch That Stole Christmas? I liked that one, too. Well, that was more after you were in America. Yeah, but I love the Mike Meyer one. That okay. was cool. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do oh, like yeah. Mike Myers, though, but I wasn't a fan Anyhow, of it. Anyhow. Yeah, go ahead. So, it's a Roald Dahl movie. Okay. I, I All I know from Roald Dahl is Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I didn't even know that was Roald Dahl until I moved to this country. The BFG, Fantastic Mr. Fox, The Magic Finger, George's Marvelous Medicine, Okay, the Great I, I Glass never Elevator. knew the name Roald Dahl until you got books for our Charlie, kids. Charlie, uh, well, no, Char- the champion of the world. Okay, so so what are they doing? The witches. 
What is that? Oh my gosh. I know nothing of Roald Dahl. <laughs> Americans, we have our fox and socks, and we have our hop on pop, no, and our one fish, I two fish, red fish, American, blue fish. And they know exactly what Charlie and the Chocolate Factory is. Okay, anybody online right now? Oh, okay, yes, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. But any American, had you heard of Roald Dahl? Did you have Roald Dahl books growing up? And that would be my question. I bet they did. I bet you, maybe. Now, we did have one listener already comment on The Witches, saying that, yes, they loved it. They're not sure how it would make it into a movie, but I would like to it's know. It's already been a movie. Was that the one with Bette Midler? No. What was that, that one was where she was? Pocus. Th- that's all I'm getting in my head right now is, really, is this really cheesy, no, silly Witches. No, it was Angelica witches. Houston. Okay. And Rowan Atkinson, actually. Mr. Bean was in Witches. He was. And we want to watch this then. Why? Oh, because it's a great story. Okay. It's about a w- the Grand High Witches and a little boy and his grandma, and they discover the plot that the witches want to turn all the children into mice. And so they, the little boy gets turned into a mouse by the Grand High Witch, and then he steals the potion and puts it all in their soup, and then they all become mice. And they help you. <laughs> brilliant. It's fantastic. Now, no, but I'm really so any, looking forward to this. Is there any release dates or any, no anything about it No information. All we know is that you've got those three powerhouses taken on this project. So you know it's going to be amazing. Wow. Okay. That, sound, that sounds awesome. Be so that, really, good. that really sounds awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm excited about okay. that. Okay. I'll, right, I'll let you be excited. That's all my movie news. Uh, I think we've covered most of my movie news in there as well. Just the, the one thing as far as my geeking out, which is kind of a TV Star Trekky bombshell, is that this this is one of the more exciting things is that my favorite captain of all time, uh, Sir, Sir Patrick Stewart, is coming back as uh... John Luke Picard. This is a mate. Well, okay. This, this, this isn't a sure thing yet. Okay, I grew up on Jean-Luc Picard. I grew up on Next Generation. That was my Star Trek. Uh, and this deal, again, is far from done, but rarely do we ever hear rumors this concrete that don't come to fruition. And even even Pat, Sir Patrick Stewart hinted at this. He, he was doing an interview about Star Trek Discovery, and he was asked, have you seen this new Star Trek yet? And his response was, uh, I haven't yet, but I may have good cause to do so very soon. Is what he said. So either there's something in Discovery he's going to come in with, or he will have his own spinoff somehow around that. Uh, because Alex Alex Kurtzman, who's the new showrunner for yeah. Discovery, he's been given the task of expanding the Star Trek world. Uh, he's been given the task of, of actually doing spinoffs. So there's going to be multiples beyond just a potential Patrick Stewart, Jean-Luc Picard type role. There there could be a few other spinoffs happening. And now, it's weird that I'm so excited because I've never considered myself a Trekkie. I would never no. say that, hey, I love all stuff Trek. But, but in the last bit, I mean, I look at all the all three new Star Trek movies. I've loved those. Uh, Star Trek Discovery, it's been amazing. I've liked that. I, I love Next Generation and all of its its movies and iterations of whatever they've done. E- even Deep Space Nine I watched and Voyager I watched a little bit of. And, uh, oh, I love Voyager. Voyager, it was good. but uh, So I like all of these things, but I think it's maybe because we see Seth Rogen's representation of a Trekkie and fanboys and what happens to him. And it, it's, I don't know. Maybe that's put me off and people cosplaying as Spock. I'm not sure why that's weird to me, but there's never been any anything cool. You think of the cool merchandise that Star Trek has. Another sci-fi show have that you want to wear their gear or have the toys or 
be a part of it. And Star Trek has never necessarily had that. They've had really bad marketing campaigns around all of their stuff. And Actually, the episode on the toys that made us about Star Trek toys was quite interesting and very funny. Okay. So if you, if you want watch. some more information. Hey, Dominic just said, yes, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, the Great Glass Elevator, James and the Giant Peach. Okay, James and the Giant Peach was that was again. I never knew the Boom. name Roald Dahl. So Dominic, I mean, dropped. No, oh, that's one American. <laughs> and he's married to a Brit, so that doesn't count. He's like half your country. It, it's, it's, it doesn't. You got to find a true American, not not a mixed breed. Um, Sad. I am. Um, oh, but the other series that they're doing uh, that is mostly confirmed is one called Starfleet Academy. But right. th- this one is done by producers of Matilda, Dynasty, and Gossip Girl. What? Which I'm like, why would we want to make a Star Trek into 90210 like a soap opera? I-, I don't understand why you'd want this to be a like a CW show. And maybe right. that's the demographic they're going for. But so if you do a Star Trek Academy, it's going to be again all these young teens and you know just twenty somethings. And I, I don't really want to see that as a Gossip Girl Dynasty nine hundred two one zero type show. Yeah, but so that one has nobody me a little concerned. thought that Siler would make a good Spock. So oh, Siler was amazing. He was an amazing Spock. He was amazing. But that, he is an amazing Spock. I but, should say. but that's my main geeking out though is the fact that Sir Patrick Stewart could be reprising his role. Uh, oh, it's, it's exciting for me. Yeah, there's it's not really, actually really a lot of TV news, but I've got a couple of bits. Cloak and of... Dagger, I watched the first episode. Did you like it? I actually did. It's very, very different. I, I mean, if you look at the way they've gone with Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Iron Fist, yeah. totally different direction. It's a totally different feel. It doesn't have that. Those are very raw, ground-level type. Th- this is different, though, and I, I, I it, it's hard to really explain or get into it other than to say that it's got a really unique feel the way they're doing it and the way they're bringing these characters together and what they're trying to do with that world. I'm only one episode in. I, I think it's worth at least a watch to see what you think because in the episode you, you'll you'll get a feel for how they're doing it. Um, but but it's definitely it, it's to me it's one that I do want to see how they're going to go. So I will watch two, three, and four that I think are out right now. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, now I've got a bit of game news. I know we haven't got Martin here to kind of fill in the gaps for everything else. Uh, something that was a bit fun that came up this week, Pokemon Go. Oh, you can trade Finally, now. Finally, you can friend people and you can trade. Not until you get to level 30, but you can trade. Now, uh, Kalea, so my daughter, she just sent me a tra- I haven't checked and seen if I can do it yet. I heard it was a level 30 that you had to be to trade, but she just said she sent me a trade offer. And I, I didn't think then you could even do that. I haven't made any trades or fronted people yet. I should have done this by now. Is that possible? Can we do that? Or or have you have you read an article that says it is a legit cap at level thirty for trading? No, I haven't. Um, I'm going off your information. I was hoping that you are accurate on that. Okay, I'm so, I'm sorry. I said that originally because that was some rumors that were had circulated right when people started trying to friend others and saying, "Hey, you can only trade if you're level thirty. I haven't researched that yet. Uh, so that would be good to know so we can not put out fake news and we can put out real news. Yes, that would be very good. I don't want to be a fake news media outlet. We are not fake news here on the Geek no, Underground. We are, we are. <laughs> At least we try not to be. We try to really make sure our sources are valid. No, trading mechanics. Uh, in order to start a Pokemon Go trade, both players must meet a set of requirements. Be friends with the person you're trading with. Be within 100 meters of the person you're trading with. Have trader 
trainer level of 10 or above. I like, oh, so it's 10, but I, I like the 100 meters because that's going to prevent eBay selling of Pokemon. And I think that's what they've always been afraid of is people trying to monetize this and saying, hey, I will sell well, you these. it's not just that. The other issue is is that you're going to get people going and trying to, like, for, us, for example, our friend Rad in the States. Oh, so I Pokemon can't Go. trade people in we America. We can't trade for our Mr. Mimes for their... Um, the Taurus. Tauros. So, yeah. so you have your region exclusives, and that, that is true. So then you can't just meet people online. But, but I really think that was more meant to prevent the monetizing of Pokemon Go yeah. on eBay. Because any time that you can... Uh, you look at look at uh, Warcraft and online. You you have people selling high level characters for thousands of dollars or high level pieces of armor and weaponry for thousands of dollars because it can take so long to get that, and then you can trade and share and give those items away. And and that's why in a lot of these new MMO games, you do not have the ability to share weapons or share gear. Yeah. It's locked to your character, uh, and it's these companies trying to prevent the monetization of the in-game equipment and i do i don't like it because i want to share it with my friends but i do like it because it could ruin the game if you have that available yeah uh so the next bit of game news we're going to go back to PUBG. now why are we going to PUBG? why are we going to PUBG? because there's been another backlash okay another one so it wasn't enough that they make us jump out of an airplane in our undies you're white <laughs> That's true. Uh, still disturbed me. No, I, I know. Because I really wouldn't have picked a girl character if I'd have known that I was going to be running around in my undies, but there we go. Yeah, but you didn't you win your, was it your first time or? Second. Second time. I got the winner win a chicken dinner. Your, your second time playing PUBG. I won. You won. Yeah. Good job. And now I get at least into the top 10 every time when I've played it. Yeah. Um, so yesterday, um, PUBG was talking about its first event passes. So they're doing this massive event on the PC with the new map Sandhawk. It's a timed event which players can earn limited edition customization items. It's just, you know, a load of cool stuff. Now, it's going to cost £10. $10. Okay, fair yeah. enough. You know, but social media and Reddit fans have blasted the game developers because they're all saying, you know, we've supported this game since early access. Um... And it's I, now got, you're making us pay you know, more. PUBG has made over $730 million. It's still not op- optimized. Cheaters are rampant. Crates are locked behind keys. And even after charging 30 quid originally, $30 for the game, now they're saying we've got to pay another $10 to get this event pass. Yeah, and I, th- I think that's it. If this, if this was more one of those free games you can play online for free, and then you have to pay a little bit here and there to upgrade or get certain maps. That's okay because you know you're playing a game for free, and then you're just buying the loot boxes or however they make their money. But being that you've actually paid a certain amount for the full game, they haven't even made that full game work properly yet. Yeah, and they should really devote that time into making the game itself work well as opposed to then just trying to make more content they can just make money on right away. And I think that's more where that this backlash is coming from. Yeah. It, I mean, I understand that from, you know, from a standpoint of a player, you know, there are things like even on Destiny when we play, you know, you can get the little keys now that will give you free stuff from the Eververse and everything else. You don't have to always buy the silver, but there are certain things that you can only get if you buy silver. Yeah. And that is... becomes difficult. And there was that one specific, what was yeah, that? There was one from Iron Banner. There was one of the yeah. emotes they offered it. And literally the only way to get it was to pay $10 about six pounds, seven pounds, 
and then you, you could buy it from Eververse, but that was the only way. There was no other random role or random way of getting no. it, and that was a little frustrating, and you had a lot of, a lot of uproar from the community uh, because we don't want to see that become a trending thing. You don't want to see things come into the game that are only available if you buy them. Yeah. Uh, it just It's just like that. How much was that? That $27,000 DLC? Or was it more than that? Yeah, for that game that's not even out yet. There's a game that's been in, in the works for about six years, and they have a $27,000 DLC available, which is that's just silly. And hi, Derek. Derek just popped up online. We're just uh, getting towards the end of our, our episode here. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, we'll see how they go or, or what, what PUBG does about this. If they're just going to keep pressing on and not really. They l- need listen. to start listening to the fans because they've had a huge, I mean, they've, they banned in one weekend, they banned a hundred thousand players for cheating. Wow. What, what, again. And they've seen hundreds of thousands running over to Fortnite because they're so fed up with the cheating and so fed up with, you know, just how it's all being handled and everything else. So they need to, you know, start giving back to the fans because they're going to stop playing that game, go to Fortnite, and then well, they're going to lose all of their money. You might see them go to Battlefield or, or, or Call of Duty because yeah. now we have uh, some some AAA game developers that are coming into the Battle Royale modes, uh, whereas Fortnite, PUBG, from smaller developers, smaller companies, we're going to have a lot of money behind the, these Battle Royale modes. And, and with that, uh, I don't know. I mean, w- w- with that, if they're done well... You, you could see mass exoduses from PUBG and from Fortnite yeah. because because of the money that these larger companies can put into the game and really make solid platforms as opposed to these buggy things that PUBG and Fortnite deal with. Uh, so it'll be interesting once those games actually hit the market in, this, in these next six months, what is going to happen there. And Martin just popped on. So Martin, if you're still there, Martin Irwin, actually, uh, who's the CEO of Counties. Um, I'm just going to wave at the camera as well and say <laughs> hi to Martin. Uh, I think I'll see you on Friday, Martin. So if you're, uh, I've got a, I've got a meeting coming up with that. But yeah, so anything else on on the video game news, or are we no, locked it. up there? I just have one other thing uh, in comics before I get to the charity. I want to spotlight. Uh, Fantastic Four is coming back uh, nice. to the shelves now. If you'll remember that right after the last Fantastic Four movie, Marvel pulled that line off the shelves. Uh, they stopped producing that line. I'm, I'm not, not surprised that movie I, I'm, was terrible. I'm not sure if it's because. Fox has the rights to the movie and they didn't want to give any more content towards Fox to put in the movies or if it was just a coincidence, but they, they canceled the comic line. It's coming back now. The writer Dan Slott that spent 10 years on The Amazing Spider-Man is transitioning over to that one. I know I have some friends that are massive Fantastic Four fans and this is really exciting for them that we have a, a writer that's coming over of the the just the level of Dan Slott. Yeah. Uh, Dan Slott's really known for killing off Peter Parker and Amazing Spider-Man man number 700 he killed him off and then he brought him back in superior spider-man where it was doc ock's mind in peter parker's body which was kind of weird and then eventually peter parker came back and was able to take take control again so it's an interesting storyline but a lot of fun uh so he's really up there with brian michael bendis as far as in the amount of writing he's done for marvel over the years and uh, so that that's really, really cool. I'm really excited about that. And that one should be out. I think in August is when Fantastic Four number one will hit the store shelves. But I did want to go back and have another look at this charity, uh, the Wayne Foundation, which was started by director Kevin Smith. He provided the seed money for it, has been supporting it throughout the years. 
Uh, and the Wayne Foundation, it focuses on sex trafficking of children, ways to pull them out of it, to prevent it, to help those that have been in it transitioning back to life and, and doing some amazing, amazing work. And I love the fact that that Kevin Smith, he saw something. He saw a, a horrendous uh, thing happening in this world, something heinous happening in this world and said, you know what? I, I can't stand for that. I want to do something about it uh, and, and really put his money out there and said, no, we're going to make this right. And, and has been focusing on this now. I was looking up some stats. There's over 2 million children worldwide every single year that are bought, sold, and traded uh, in the sex trade industry. In the U.S. alone, 18,000 children are somehow taken into that industry. That's over 50 kids a day. So essentially think of one per state in America or 50. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. It, it's astounding that these, this is still happening. This is happening right now under our noses and we don't really hear as much about this as as we really should for something as atrocious as this. I, I think the number overall of those in the sex trade each year are 20 million, uh, but 2 million of those being children and uh, about 90% of those children being little girls. And the Wayne Foundation is doing everything they can. The CEO is actually herself uh, a survivor of the sex trade industry, what was abducted uh, and taken and sold. And, and it's just truly, truly refreshing to see, uh, one, again, uh, someone with the platform and the notoriety and the fame of Kevin Smith doing something about it, giving of himself to make something like this happen because more, more stuff like this needs to be going on. But if you'd like to check them out, they're the Wayne Foundation, and I think that's their their handles on uh, Twitter and Facebook. If you just look up the Wayne Foundation with Kevin Smith, and I'll have links in our comment section afterwards, it, it'll take you right to some of this. But it's it's definitely something that's it's always overlooked. We don't, we don't think that it's really happening around us. But again, in America, seventeen thousand children a year, massive number. Uh, I'm not sure what those numbers are in the UK, but again, worldwide, two million children every single year are getting sold and bought in the sex trade. And it's it's happening all around us all the time. And, and it's something that we need to open our eyes to. I, I, I'd really love it if you would if you'd take a look at this, if you'd look at the yeah. web page, look and see what they're doing. Even just look up the stats. Just, if you want to look for yourself, check the stats out and see what's happening because it's, it's sickening and it's sad that so many children are getting caught up in this. And again, for me, it's, it's amazing to see that we've got someone that has the platform like Kevin Smith that, that just saw, saw a problem and wanted to make a difference. And uh, I think that's all any of us can do is just see a problem and know what can we do about that problem? How can we make a difference? But we can all make a difference that way. If we yeah. just if we just look at something and go something needs to happen about that, I can help there. Let me do it and and uh, get out there and do it. But it's um, something that's tragic that that's happening. But but we we can make a difference. And if you want to know how to help, check out the Wayne Foundation. They're they're Absolutely. making a difference right now. Um, and, and that's really I think how I wanted to end it. Um, again with our don't forget to be awesome. I always say that because. You know, the only reason you wouldn't be awesome is because you just forgot to be. And we, we can be awesome by teaming up as well with organizations like this, um, but also just being you. Absolutely. And minds always be unique. And I don't mean to be unique just to be different. I mean, be unique in as much as be yourself. Yeah. Be who you are. You are an amazing person. You might not hear that every day, but you are. You have got gifts and talents and abilities that nobody else on this planet has because your mix is different to everybody else's. Absolutely. And it matters. Yep. So you know what? If you like something, like it. You know what? As a kid, I was you know, made fun of for liking the things I liked and doing the things I did. 
But you know what? I didn't care because I liked those things and I refused to be a penguin. Yeah. And my whole thing is, is, is I've gone to these uh, university campuses and college campuses here in the UK and I talk to kids and I'll see like a little pin hanging out that might be a Harry Potter pin, but that's all they're showing and it's kind of half hidden under a scarf. And I'm like, oh, are you a Harry Potter fan? And they're like, I love Harry Potter. And I'm like, well, why aren't you just broadcasting it to the world or your love of Marvel for someone else? And they're like, well, we really can't. And it just seems like a lot of teens and kids in this country are scared to let their love out. Guys, let your love out. It's okay. It's okay to be geeky. It's okay to be nerdy. If someone doesn't love that, so what? Honestly, so what? Yeah. You know, if they, if they can't appreciate you or what you love, they don't belong in your life anyways. And so love what you love. Don't hide that. Don't forget to be awesome. Be unique. Uh, and we love you guys. We're going to get out of here right now. Uh, so just have a great night. And bye. The Geek Underground will return next week. But until then... Don't forget to be awesome.